This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Tuesday, July the 5th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First, this is one of our most read stories. A mum is calling for disposable barbecues to be banned after her son was left needing surgery when he stepped on one. Alex Gottelia goes to St Ronan's School in Hawkehurst and was on a trip to Camber Sands when it happened. Now, the metal from the barbecue sliced the back of his foot, severing his Achilles tendon. His mum, Lucy, has been speaking to our reporter Chantal Weller. It was part of this um, cross-curricular week for Year 7 and they were at Canva Sands Beach. I think they'd had their lunch um, and they all had their shoes off. They're just sitting down and there was a, one of those disused throwaway barbecues behind them. And I, he, he knew it was there. It wasn't like it was completely buried. But somehow or other, he managed to um, basically slice through his heel Um, which cut through the skin and also into the Achilles tendon itself. Um, And this is obviously all I know from him and the teachers, but there was blood everywhere. um, And two of the teachers had to carry him off the beach. He was in shock. And then another third teacher drove him to A&E and I met him there. So tell me a bit more about the injury. You said he severed his Achilles tendon. I mean, when I got the call, it was like, Alex has cut his foot, I'm taking him to A&E. And when I got there, it was like, no, that, that's not really a cut foot. It's um, it's a sort of two centimetre deep um, laceration, I guess you would call it, laceration to the heel. And you could almost see this white part of the tendon. So you could see that the Achilles tendon had been cut in some way. Um, so it was, it's quite deep. And, and if you were squeamish, you you would be like, Oh, that's gross. You know, it was, it's pretty nasty. And when he got to hospital, did he have to have emergency treatment of any kind or what happened then? Oh, absolutely. So, um, when I got there, he was in the A&E department and I took over from the teacher. Um, he got seen, they stuck a local anesthetic in around the heel and sewed it up in front of our eyes um and put a cast on it um put a cannula in his arm and said um you know that's for later for drugs and whatever and um he stayed in overnight and they said you'll have to wait up to up to two weeks for the operation we're going to have to operate to actually stitch through the tendon and stitch it back together and we were like oh my gosh that seems like a long time to wait but the next morning they they came, the consultant came, I think it's about nine o'clock in the morning and said, right, um, we're going to be operating this afternoon. So it was super quick. What was your reaction when you heard that he would be able to get this operation so much sooner than he was first told? I mean, I was I was really pleased, obviously, um, in terms of the timing that we wouldn't have to wait. I was a bit surprised. I was like, gosh, how have they managed to do that when they were saying last night that it might have to be two weeks? So I was surprised but pleased um but also at the same time it was a lot to take in and you know I think just that shock of seeing your 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 firstborn going through a general anesthetic it's you know it was I was I was worried and I could tell he was too and how's he doing now so he's one week post-operation so it took place on the 28th of June and he's doing really well he's got this cast he's got um crutches 
school suggested he goes in half days this week because it's very tiring, you know, going around on crutches because he can't put any weight at all on that leg. So it's it's quite a lot of effort on your arms. So he's doing half days this week. And I think he feels like he's feels like a, a famous person at school. You know, everyone's like, Alex, how are you? And they're really pleased to see him. And I, so he's, he's doing really well. Um, what, what we don't know is we haven't heard back from the hospital about his follow up yet. I'm still waiting to hear. And um, so we don't really know how long he's going to be in plaster or if they're going to move it to one of those boots. And you said you want disposable barbecues to be banned, ultimately. Why is that? I mean, I guess, look, we're in a, an age of sustainability. It's top of the agendas. And here we are using materials that, you know, are just being thrown away and they're causing damage to the environment and obviously accidents to to people as well and I'm sure animals you know and I know there's other reports this week even last week um, of other children picking up hot coals from them you know they're just they're just not not a good idea anymore we, we know we know now that they get hot and people don't want to dispose of them properly because they're too hot to carry so what what's the solution you know you either come up with something to carry them to a bin or you just ban them altogether. And I think that just might be easier. Well, we'd like to know today what you think. You can vote in the poll that's within our story. We're asking, should disposable barbecues be banned from beaches? Well, at the time of recording today's podcast, more than six in 10 of you are saying yes, with 39% saying no. You can also leave comments on the story or via our socials. And just a warning for you, there is quite a graphic image within the story on the website. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and flowers and tributes have been left to a young man who died after falling from a bridge and being hit by a lorry on the A249 near Sittingbourne. He's been named locally as 22-year-old Preston Turner. The road was closed after the tragedy happened in the early hours of last Tuesday. Meantime, a teenager's in a serious condition in a London hospital following a crash in Chatham. He'd been riding a bike when it happened on Maidstone Road on Sunday afternoon. And more details have emerged about a crash near Kent's Brands Hatch race circuit as police appeal for witnesses. A biker in his 20s suffered serious arm injuries when his green Kawasaki crashed with a taxi last Wednesday night. Bosses at Brands Hatch have now cancelled their summer Wednesday car meets planned for later this month and in August. However, they say the two events aren't connected. Some education news for you now and a preschool near Faversham has been rated inadequate after inspectors found children were at risk of choking. Ofsted's described the magpie in Borton under Blean as chaotic. During a visit there in May, they found children wandering around unnoticed by staff. The preschool has been contacted for a comment. Next, and if you moan about your children playing on their computers for far too long, what do you think about them doing it? at school. We're asking because a school near Dartford is giving students the chance to get a BTEC qualification in competitive video gaming. Wilmington Academy is one of the first in the country to offer it after spending thousands of pounds on a new eSports arena. Amber is a student there and has been telling the podcast what it's all about. I think I've always compared it to a, like a normal sport. It's the sort of same atmosphere like you're both competing in a game of whatever but instead of it being like an, an actual active sport, it's uh, it's all done by games. People are always like, oh, but is it like an actual like sport? And I'm like, I can't give you a direct definition on that. But I've always just compared it to one because it's the easiest way of explaining how like competitive and how it can 
actually affect so many different people because they're all involved in it. Well, it's hoped it'll help pupils gain skills for the digital jobs market, including data analysis and video production. Michael Gore is the school's principal. He's been speaking to reporter Sean Delaney. We did a lot of uh, research into um, job opportunities and career opportunities, and we found a bit of a niche in the market where esports was one of the highest engrossing uh, careers for students when they leave school. Uh, and also, uh, globally, uh, it's a huge market. And we wanted to make sure that our students had the skills um, and could manage those skills uh, in an effective way and have apprenticeships, um, have exposure to fantastic equipment, digital learning, digital skills. And um, it was our way of providing a pathway for those students to go on and be confident uh, in that industry. And what's been the sort of reaction from pupils and pairs? I imagine pairs probably have turned around and said, why is my child's of, you know, gaming, is that going to be the right direction for them? What, what, what are the sort of digital and transferable skills that you think are going to be so important for these pupils moving forward and what they're going to be learning in that classroom? There's a huge amount of uh, team building um, that actually goes on uh, digitally. Um, so, for instance, you know, they're playing with teams across the world, um, communicating with them, um, upskilling themselves in, in actual uh, games uh, footage and electronic skills. Um, so where it sort of seems to be, um, I think back in the day, quite an isolated um, situation where you're playing on your own and that was it. Esports is uh, an absolute vast um, sort of network of opportunities and communication going forwards. Um, the uptake and the interest uh, has been pretty pr prolific, I would say. Um, our students' uh, indicative figures to coming into an esports post-16 uh, subject uh, has really risen and um, we have therefore invested uh, in that future and we believe that our students are going to be um, increasing year on year and um, we hopefully will have the Illuminati to come back uh, once they're uh, uh, earning some, some fantastic money and doing well for themselves to come back and inspire the next generation of esports and digital learners. And you can see pictures of the esports arena and let us know what you think by heading to the story at Kent Online. Finally, in education news today, primary schools in Kent and across the rest of the country have had trouble accessing SATS results. The government's website kept crashing earlier with teachers saying it added more pressure to an already stressful day. Year six pupils have taken the test for the first time in three years following COVID. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A man who was part of a gang that attacked a worker at a shop in Strood has been jailed. The group had travelled from the West Midlands to the store on Donnelly Road in March 2021 and stole cash from the till. 25-year-old Dedawan Kakal from Middlesbrough on Teesside has been locked up for four years. Two men have been charged after disturbances on the main sands in Margate. One, who's 22, is accused of damaging a police car after officers broke up a group of people last month. Another man is due in court charged with assaulting an emergency worker and being drunk and disorderly. Concerns have been raised about plans for a new block of flats in Medway. Developers want to demolish the former Greys of Chatham used car centre on the high street to make way for 158 homes. Some residents, though, say the designs are not in keeping with the historic surroundings and others are worried about an increase in traffic. Elsewhere, there are plans to transform a derelict plot of land in Ashford, which often attracts fly-tipping and antisocial behaviour. Council bosses want to put 35 affordable homes, a new park and commercial units for start-up businesses near East Mead Avenue. Some of the land was previously used as allotments, but it was earmarked for development quite a while ago. And there's been a spate of vandalism 
at a park in Deal, including, would you believe, a hole made in a children's slide. A window's also been damaged and a toilet system broken at Victoria Park, which is, if you know the area of Deal, not far from the seafront. Police want to hear from anyone who knows who did it. Kent Online reports. Some good news coming from Gravesend today. A community hub which helps people of all ages with inclusivity has been nominated for a National Diversity Award. The Grand Healthy Living Centre helps tackle issues within society. Ravinda Mawaha is a team member there and has been telling the podcast about the work they do. The team here is it's like a family, yeah. Um, like the, kind of the workers um, and the, the energy in the building um, most days is very different to most working spaces. Um, just because of the variety of people you have in the building um, and the variety of backgrounds you have in the building. Um, so you could have uh, a young person session going on upstairs and out the back um, and an adult kind of English class or digital tech class going down downstairs. Um, and so you have you have a wild mix of kind of people and ages in the building and all kind of working together and well, not together, but all working uh, in that same environment um, with that same team. Uh, and I was saying before I sort of knew about the ground, I sort of drove past it every day. You wouldn't really think that there was all of that happening behind those doors. Um, I do have to say, I mean, we're, we're probably, not so much in recent times, but recent, previous history, we've been quite poor at kind of shouting about ourselves and um, and promoting what we do in in a way where people understand and people kind of respect and kind of understand what we do because the amount of times we I mean, like I said I've worked here 14 years I still go to meetings or still bump into people that say oh so what does the grand do and you're kind of like oh, I've got to do this again and uh, and you end up forgetting stuff that you do and you're thinking how have I forgotten that but I think the the recognition obviously of the NDAs is massive. Yeah and um, if you guys did win what would that mean for you guys? I think I think it would just be that kind of pat on the back for the team because none of this can be done without everyone working together because um, there's sessions where if someone's off sick or someone's on holiday um, someone else will cover um, and because the team works so well together um, it will just be that recognition of and to be fair it'll be a recognition of 21 years of of hard work and 21 years of that team growing um, and becoming what they are today, really. The awards will take place in Liverpool in September. The very best of luck to the team from the Grand. Tunbridge has missed out on the chance to become the home of Great British Railways. The new public body is being set up to oversee the regeneration of the UK's rail network and could have brought more jobs and investment to the area. The bid by Tunbridge and Morling Council has failed to make the shortlist, though. It includes Birmingham, Newcastle and York instead. Young actors are expecting exploring the impact of knife crime as part of a theatre project in Ashford. Members of the Acting Up group who go to the Homewood School in Tenterton are performing a show called It's About Your Son. It tackles the difficulties of peer pressure and how violence affects friends and family. You can see it for free at various locations on Thursday and Friday. Kent Online reports. Now this is definitely one to be looking out for this summer. Highly toxic plants which can cause serious skin burns have been found near to a public footpath in East
East Malling. It's called giant hogweed and it can grow to up to 15 feet high. And they're also really dangerous for our pets as well. Well, Daniel Markham discovered the plants while out walking his dog Oscar between Rocks Road and Sweets Lane. It's interesting. Um, they normally apparently grow along um, river, along the side of the rivers. They need a lot of moisture in the soil. Um, does get a bit wet up here, but it's been, I say it's pretty been mostly dry, but um, they're probably not fully mature yet. They're probably gonna grow a bit bigger and spread. So yeah, you don't wanna be going into the, the, that long grass on the left there, you don't wanna be going in there at all. You wanna stay well away from that. But uh, yeah, they, they, the plants follow the hedge line down. And then there's a, there's, if the hedge turns the corner there at the bottom, um, and uh, there's a couple of plants lined up against there as well. Thanks ever so much to Daniel for sending us a little video clip which you can see at Kent Online. Medway Valley Countryside Partnership are working on a programme to help get rid of any of the plants across the county. Now, when you think of a flat pack house, you probably don't imagine the one that's gone on the market in Sevenoaks, which you believe it's out for sale for a whopping £3.1 million. The property was made off-site and delivered in 2011 and features six bedrooms and a balcony. There's even a swimming pool outside as well. You can see pictures of it by heading to Kent Online. And a Kent animal charity is looking to rehome two cockerels that are named... After the Chuckle Brothers, Paul and Barry Cluckle were found abandoned and are currently being looked after by the RSPCA Centre in Laybourne. They've recently seen a rise in the number of farm animals that need adopting, including pigs and goats. Kent Online Sports. Football first and sad news tributes are being paid to former Gillingham striker Dave Shearer, who's died at the age of 63. He played for the Jills back in the 80s and scored 50 goals over a three-year period. The club say they're absolutely devastated to learn of his passing and have added the thoughts and condolences of everyone at Priestfield with Dave's friends, family and loved ones at this time. Staying with football and Kent's Alicia Russo says she wants to inspire the next generation ahead of the women's Euros. The 23-year-old from Maidstone is in the England squad as they prepare to take on Austria in their opening group game tomorrow night. On to cricket and England have managed to pull off an astonishing series levelling victory against India in the final test at Edgbaston. They reached a record-breaking victory target of 378 earlier. Kensak Crawley just missed out on a half century yesterday as he was bowled for 46. And finally, two men from Maidstone are attempting to cross the Atlantic Ocean next year despite neither of them having rowed before. Might sound a bit mad, doesn't it? Andy Purvis and Stuart Hatcher are taking on the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Rowing Challenge, which has been named the world's toughest. The pair have been chatting to the podcast about it. After looking at quite a few, I came through a really good one, which was obviously um, rowing the Atlantic. There was only one idiot um, that I knew that would say an instant yes to that. So as soon as I found it... Got permission from the wife. Um, obviously, it's a, quite a big commitment in terms of time and finance. Um, so I phoned my um, best buddy and uh, within a nanosecond, he'd said yes. Um, and Stuart, um, what was sort of going through your mind when, you know, he asked you to join him? <laughs> um, well, like you said, I, I didn't really think about it. I just mm-hmm. said yes. And I, I, I do have this kind of philosophy in life that if people ask me to do things or get involved in things I just say yes life's too short not to do as much as you uh, possibly can so uh, I said yes and then I thought what have I said kind of yes to 
And uh, so rowing the Atlantic. And then in my head, I remember seeing uh, Ben Fogel and James Cracknell row the Atlantic. And I was like, oh, that's what I've agreed to do. Are there, is there, a, there's obviously might be a team. Is it a collection of people doing it at the same time? There's about, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a, um, a well-versed um, event. And I think it's been going since probably about the 1980s, mid-1980s. But it has grown in popularity. Obviously, it's uh, sponsored by Talister Whiskey. Um, and it's the Atlantic uh, campaigns. It's sort of, um, they, they organise it. I think this year, there's going, probably going to be about 35 to 40 boats. And out of those 35 to 40 boats, they'll all be leaving Lagomera within sort of half an hour of each other. Uh, but there's four, five, three, two, and single solos teams. Um, so as you can imagine, as soon as you come out of the harbour, within a day or two, they're going to be split all over the place. So you're pretty much on your own. And it's, I think it's fairly rare that you'll see another boat uh, once you've left uh, Lagomera. Um, and then obviously, uh, in terms of duration, some of the uh, five-man teams probably might take 35 to 40 days, going all the way through to sort of 70, 80, 90 days to finish the race. And there are um, also a couple of safety boats that are out there from the organisers, um, and they kind of circle around. They do make contact via phone with you every day, just to check everything's all right. But you know, they can be up to, they say, 48 hours away from wherever you are um, on your on your boat. Um, so, uh, yeah, it could be there'd be days when there's just us and the ocean and that's all we can see. Well, all the very best to Andy and Stuart. We will keep you updated on their progress. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.